question for you guys. How many of you guys might know somebody that it's like every time they say something, you just know it's a lie? Like everything that comes out of your mouth, you're like, okay, for real? Like, okay, also, if you're going to lie, make it believable. Just kidding. Don't lie. It's part of the Bible. Do not lie, okay? But I had this friend in middle school. Her name was Christina, and we were besties, all right? We did everything together. And um, Christina, though, was one of those people that everything that came out of her mouth, I was like, okay, that's false. You have never met Troy Bolton off of High School Musical, like, second, no, this is not real. And so every lie, like everything that came out of her mouth was a lie. Okay, and Christina, um, <laughs> I don't really know why we were friends, um, because she lied a lot, and, you know, the Lord loves her. He'll take care of that. But um, Christina also was obsessed with Twilight, okay? And I mean, like, obsessed. Like, Madeline knows exactly what I'm talking about, like, being obsessed with Twilight. Okay, this was, like, past Madeline's level of being obsessed with Twilight. Okay, Christina knew absolutely everything there was to know about it. And when we were in middle school, this is when it came out, and, um, like, every middle schooler was obsessed with it, except me, because it's weird, and vampires, and it's kind of freaky, okay? But I kind of secretly liked the movies, just never told anybody. And so, um, Christina loved it, obsessed with it. She had, like, um, a different theme of each couple in the Twilight, like a different birthday theme. So one year it was like Edward and Bella, and that's the only names that I know. And then there was another one for the other couple, and then another one for the other couple. Okay, weird, weird stuff, okay? I don't even know. I'm like still praying about that. It was a weird time in my life. I was really cool in middle school, though. <laughs> she was. It was not. Okay, but she loved Twilight so much. And it was to the point where the girl believed she was indeed a vampire. Okay, now, <laughs> it's so weird. And um, I'm telling you, she like full on believed it. I mean, like she was like pretty pale skin, so I'll give her that, but that was about it. And I remember this one time, we were <laughs> in gym class in middle school, and um. She went up to our PE teacher. We were going to play kickball. And she goes up to the PE teacher and she's like, Mr. Stevens, I can't go outside and play kickball because if I go out there, I'm going to sparkle. And I was like, <laughs> what? Okay. And so I'm watching all of this unfold because I, too, also have to go participate in kickball, which I dominated at. So I was fine with it. But I am watching this interaction and my PE teacher goes, Oh, no. Okay, that's fine. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Girl gets out of gym class because she's going to sparkle in the sun? And I was like, this is, this is an injustice. This is not fair. Okay, and, and like she was obsessed with it, okay, for two years. Two years. She tried to lie to everybody that she was indeed a vampire. Two years, okay? And I know as I'm like telling you this story, y'all are probably like, okay, girl's got some issues. She's kind of weird. Like that's really freaky, all right? But I think that the truth is the more lies that you spread, okay, the more lies that are spoken to you and the more lies that are spoken over you, you're gonna start to believe, right? She believed this lie so 
much that she was a vampire that that started to become who she is. Okay, and y'all probably think, I know, super weird, all right? I don't understand it, but that's the truth is, is what you think, what you start to believe, what you start to spread to everybody else is what you are going to believe about yourself. Okay, and tonight I think that there's so many of us in this room that have been believing lies and it is time that we say no more. Okay, we have been believing these lies that have been whispered to us and we need to stand up and we need to say we are done believing them. Okay, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life to the full. See, before you were even born, all right, before you were even thought about, before you were even in your mother's womb, you were a threat, okay? You were a threat against the enemy, and he has only come to do one thing to you, to steal, to kill, and to destroy you, okay? To steal your dreams, to, de to destroy your happiness, to take away your joy. He will do whatever he can to make sure you self-destruct. And one of the easiest ways he does this He's going to start whispering a lie to you. All right, he's going to make you grab onto something, and he's going to let you cause yourself in a downward spiral. Okay, he did this even from the beginning. It says in Genesis 2, 8 through 9, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All right, we all know about this tree. If you've been in any church, like in any time in your life, you have probably heard about the tree and the knowledge of good and evil and how God was like, you may eat literally whatever you want but this tree, okay? You have free reign, eat, do whatever, eat whatever. I don't care, just not from this, okay? And, and when I read this story, I always come back to this part. It says in Genesis 3.1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And it goes on to say that Eve told him, well, no, of course, like God told me I could eat from whatever tree I wanted, just not the one in the middle. Like, that was very clear. Like, she heard that from the Lord. That was set in stone. She didn't have to double think that. And then it goes on to say that the enemy tells her, girl, are you sure? Like, are you, are you really sure? Like, how could God make a whole garden and only expect you to eat out of one? Like, to not eat out of one tree. That's kind of selfish. Like, are you kidding me? And Eve goes on to say, no. God told us, do not eat from this, don't touch it. If you do, you will die. Okay, the enemy goes on to say, no, um, I think God actually doesn't want you to eat from it because if you do, you'll be like God, right? You will know all good and you'll know all evil and you will know everything. Okay, the enemy started to speak and to whisper a lie to Eve, a lie that, hey, it's okay, like, it's okay if you eat this. You'll be like God if you do eat this. It's not that big of a deal. And Eve starts listening to that. And she starts attaching to that lie. And she starts thinking, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I heard God wrong, okay? Clearly, I know what he told me, but there's probably a good chance that I heard him wrong in the first place, right? Like, how could he keep me from eating from one tree? Like, 
no, that, that's foolish. Like, I know, it's okay. Like, I am all smart. And so she starts to entertain this lie, and she really starts to think about it, and the Bible says that she questions it. And then it says that she was convinced. How easy is that? Right, the enemy is crafty. One little lie, and she was convinced. And the Bible says that she ate it. Right, she ate it, and it was delicious. See, the enemy spoke and whispered a lie to her, and Eve grabbed a hold of it, and she chose to believe it, right? Eve spoke to something that she should have been stepping on. And I wonder how many of us do we feel like the enemy is whispering a lie to us, and he's whispering it, and instead of stepping on it, we're grabbing hold of it, and we're embracing the lie. See, I think so many times we can look at this story and we think, Eve, how could you even do that? You know the truth. You literally know. God spoke it to you. You couldn't doubt it. We think, girl, how could you believe this lie? Are you kidding me? But it is so easy to grab hold of the lie, right? It is so easy. And if we're honest, I think we've all been there. Right? I think we have all grabbed a hold and started to believe lies that were spoken to us. And I think maybe for you, maybe the enemy is whispering, hey, you're just a failure. Like, why even bother? You're just going to fail at anything that you do. Or maybe for you it's, oh, man, you're really not pretty enough. Like, every time you look in the mirror, your hair's not the right length, and girl, you should probably be wearing makeup because ain't nobody going to want to see that face, Okay? And he starts whispering all these different lies to you. Maybe it's you're not strong enough. Maybe you look around at all these other men and you think, I don't look like them. I'm not as physical as them. There's no way I am manly enough for that. I'm not strong enough. I'm just weak. Right? Or he starts to whisper a lie to you, starting to put fear in you because school's coming up. And he's like, hey, remember, you're not very good at it. You might as well just quit now. It's probably a lot easier to get your GED than you think it is. You might as well just give up trying. And if if I'm honest with y'all, I feel like recently in my life, this is all I can hear is just lie after lie after lie after lie. And I wonder why sometimes it seems like it's so much easier to hear the voice of lies rather than the one who created us. Right? Why is it so much easier to hear all the negative things about ourselves, all the negative things, all the lies, all of that, rather than God who created us. And, and I remember we were up at a staff retreat like a couple months ago, it was winter time, and, and I was in this group um, with Pastor Sarah, and I was with Pastor Joe's wife and Pastor Will's wife, and, and we were just talking about life, and, and I'm telling them you know, what I'm struggling with, and I'm telling them all these lies that I feel like the enemy is speaking to me, and I feel like I'm grabbing hold of them. And in this moment, I am like pouring out my heart and the Lord so sweetly goes, Brittany, the enemy may speak it, but you don't have to accept it. And I like sat there and I like <laughs> just burst into tears. And I was like, y'all, okay, I know I'm like supposed to be like getting prayer from you guys and all this stuff, but I just got this really cool word from the Lord that like I need to tell you. And, and I like told him it and I told him, guys, the Lord told me the enemy may speak it, but you don't have to accept it. And like I sat in that moment and I was just mind blown. And I was like, there's no, what? Like is this for real? Like this, for some reason, completely just blew my mind, which is so weird because I was raised in church, this church, and this youth group 
way back in the day in Vertigo. And I remember, you know, we always talk about you have full authority. You can combat any lie. You can take, you can reject anything. But it wasn't until the Lord spoke it to me directly that it impacted me, right? It wasn't until I heard it straight from the Lord that I was like, you're telling me the whole time I don't have to believe anything that the enemy says to me? Like, what? And I sat there and I was just like, this changes everything. Like, this literally is mind-blowing, like, how? And I, remember, I was, like, speechless for a couple hours and, like, just couldn't think because I'm trying to understand and comprehend that I really don't have to believe the lies that have been spoken to me, that I really don't have to walk out in that. And see, this season, I feel like the enemy has been whispering a lie over and over and over again, saying, Britt, you're actually not good enough. You're not good enough for relationships. You're not good enough for your friendships. You're not good enough for your job. You're not good enough for your parents. You're not good enough for anybody. Okay, and, and I feel like a lot of us in this room have been hit with this lie before too. It's nothing new. The enemy, he has got old tricks. Okay, and, and I remember I'm, I'm like believing this over and over again. And the truth is, when you hear the lie and you grab onto it, you start to believe it. Right, and when you start to believe it, you start to live it out. Okay, so when you start to live out, I'm not good enough anymore, then you stop putting effort into anything because if you're not good enough for it, then what's the point? Right, and you start to kinda, you put yourself in a downward spiral and you start to be like, okay, well, you know, that's right, I'm not good enough for friendships, okay. I'm gonna isolate myself then. I'm not good enough for my parents, okay, then it's probably not a big deal if I fail at everything I do. It's not a big deal because I'm just not good enough. It's fine. And the lies that we believe about ourselves, we choose to believe them. Okay, the enemy may speak it, but you don't have to take it. But I chose to take on to this lie that I'm not good enough, and I chose to believe it. But y'all, the truth is, is we were meant to live in the fullness of what Jesus had purchased for us. And the fullness doesn't look like fullness of insecurity. It doesn't look like fullness of believing lies. It doesn't look like any of that. It looks like fullness of joy and fullness of love and fullness of God's presence and fullness of a purpose that is designed perfectly just for you. You don't do that believing lies. See, when Jesus died on a cross and you accepted him into your heart, you were given full authority to say, uh-uh. No, thank you, Satan. I am not going to take hold of that bait. See, the Bible says in Luke 10, 19, look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy. Say, what? And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. The enemy has no control over you. Literally none at all. He may speak it, but he has no authority to make you grab hold of it. Right? He may try whispering lies to you, but he can't be like, ah, I'm going to force them to take hold of this. No, that verse said, we were given all authority, all power over the enemy. He can't touch you. Right? Plot twist, he already loses. Like, sucks to be him. He's already done. You have full authority to say, no, thank you. I do not accept your lies. No. And the best part about it. So you don't have to overcomplicate it, 
right? When you feel like you are under attack, when you feel like lies are being whispered to you, you don't have to get some deep spiritual prayer that sounds very pretty and very just, wow, the pastors would be so impressed right now. Oh my gosh. No, you can straight up be like, no. That's it. You have full authority. No, I choose not to believe it. And in Jesus' name, I choose not to believe it. And then the enemy is going to say, okay, Oh, shoot. All right. Let me try a different lie. Let me try, you know, let's go back to that pretty thing. You're not pretty. And I'm going to be like, no, (laughs) like I'm beautiful. Okay. Screw you, Satan. And so like you have full authority to say no. In Jesus' name, no, I choose not to believe that. And you move on. And y'all, the enemy, he's very annoying. Okay. Let me tell y'all. Because the minute you say that, you're you're probably going to get hit with another one. Okay, all right, let me try a different lie, he says. Let me try this. She'll definitely take bait of this. Well, in Jesus' name, no. That's it. And then he starts to get tired, and he's like, man, crap. These kids finally understand that they have authority in Jesus. Uh-oh. What am I going to do now? Like, that sucks. Sorry, Satan. But not really. See, the whole time I was writing this sermon, it took a while, okay? It took probably more than it should have. And I was sitting here and I was, I was like praying about it and I'm like, God, man, what do you want to be said tonight? Like, what is it that you want to be said? Like, just completely remove me, Lord. Like, you speak, whatever. And immediately the enemy was like, you probably shouldn't be right in this. And I was like, no, no. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? In Jesus' name, no. I choose not to believe that. And I start praying again, and the enemy's like, you really suck at writing. And I was like, okay, no. And it is like, it is unreal how much attack you get, okay? And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, no. In Jesus' name, I choose not to believe this. Lord, what is it you want said? And then the enemy's like, you know, you're still a rookie speaker. You should probably just pass it on to one of the, like, the better speakers. And I was like oh yeah, you're, you're probably right. And for a minute, I completely lost sight that I have control to say no. And for a minute, I threw myself a pity party being like, yeah, you know, I do suck at writing and yeah, I probably don't actually hear the voice of the Lord. And yeah, you know, probably somebody could speak it better than I could. And then I kid you not, y'all, the Lord was like, girl, wake up, are you kidding me? And I was like, oh sorry. And he's like, remember, you literally just said it earlier. The enemy may speak it, but you don't have to take it. What are you doing taking it? And I was like, oh, sorry, Lord. And all you have to do in that moment, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for believing those lies. I'm sorry that I let the enemy win for one second. And then he's like, all right, keep writing. I got words for you to say. And I was like, okay, okay, my bad. And y'all, like, think back to Adam and Eve, right? God had created them to live in the fullness of life. He had created them this beautiful garden. They could do whatever they wanted. They could eat whatever they wanted except the one tree. God intended for them to live in the fullness of God. But it took one lie. It took one lie to spiral so far down. And the Bible says that the minute that they ate the fruit, they felt shame. Okay, they went from fullness of life in God to fullness of shame. That's not what we are intended for. We are meant to live in the fullness of what the Lord 
has purchased for us. And I really, I really, really believe that if you believe that you are created to live in the fullness of what God has for you, right? Fullness of his presence, fullness of life, fullness of joy, fullness of peace. And you really believe that you actually have authority to just say no and choose to not believe what is trying to be whispered to you and trying to make you spiral out of control, then I really believe if you get this, if you can fully understand, I don't have to accept what the enemy is saying, it changes your life. Right, even before I came out here tonight, I was like, Sierra, I need you to pray for me because for a minute, I forgot that I had control to say no again. And right before I came out here, the Lord was just hitting lie after lie after lie. And Sierra's like, hey, the Lord wants me to remind you, remember, you you can say no. Like, you have the authority, you have the power to combat and reject any lie that comes at you. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I get it. It's easy to forget, and it's, it's hard when you are just being attacked after attack after attack, but you have the authority to say enough is enough. You have the authority to put it to an end. And so I just, I just want to invite everybody to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. And I want, just between me and you, of how many of us in this room feel like the enemy's voice is louder than God's voice, right? That it's easier to understand and to hear the lie than to accept the truth from our God. And I just want to know how many of us in this room are believing these lies and we're living in the lie and we have caught hold of the lie that we're not pretty enough, that we're not strong enough, that we're not brave enough, that we're gonna be a failure, all of this. Because enough is enough and I feel like everyone in this room, the Lord is saying it's time to fight and it's time to take back your ground and it's time to say that enough is enough. And it's time that you remember that you have the authority to say no. And it's time that you know that you have the authority to reject anything that is coming at you because you have the power of Christ in you, right? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and active in you and you have power to shut down and combat any lie. And so tonight, I just feel like the Lord wants us to take a moment and if you feel like you've been believing lies, if you feel like you have been living in a place of lies and not the fullness of God, that he just says, just ask for forgiveness, right? Just ask for forgiveness, just say you're sorry and let's move on. And so I just wanna take a minute. I don't know what lie it is that you're believing, but I feel like the Lord is saying, just tell me you're sorry, right? So it's as simple as being like, God, I am sorry that I have been believing that I am not good enough. Would you please forgive me? It's as simple as that. You don't have to make it some big thing. God is a God of simplicity, y'all. And so I feel like just take take a minute, just ask for forgiveness of the lies that you've been believing, the lies that you've been living out. I feel like for whoever in this room, is believing, like the Lord just keeps bringing me back to this, the lie that you're not good enough. And the Lord wants to speak truth into that. And he said, I think you're good enough, right? I think that you were worth dying on a cross for. I think that you are perfect. I think that you're blameless. 
I think that you are good enough. And I feel like that somebody in here is believing that you are not good enough for your parents, that you're just gonna let them down. Guys, that is a lie. And in the name of Jesus, we choose not to believe that because you are good enough. If the creator of the universe says you are good enough, you are good enough. Bottom line, that's it. Nobody gets to tell you differently. Nobody gets to argue with that. Nobody gets to say that you're not. Because if God thinks that you are good enough, you're good enough. And you are. And so if that's you, just ask for forgiveness. Just tell him, I'm sorry for believing I'm not good enough. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. I am found, I am yours, I am loved, I'm made pure, I have a life, I can breathe, I am healed, I am free. going to love them because of what they've done. That there's no way that God could love me because of what I've done. Pastor, you don't know how much I've messed up. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the things I've said. You don't know how I am outside of church. You don't know any of it. That is a lie. And it's time that you come against that lie in the name of Jesus because you are so loved. Right? You are loved beyond words. You are loved beyond measure. You are loved by the creator of the universe. And that is who you are. And you are so loved. I feel like someone's believing the lie tonight that I don't have what it takes to come out of this struggle. I don't have what it takes to come, to overcome a sin. I don't have what it takes to get over this low part, this low point in my life. And the truth will set you free from this lie that you are more than a conqueror in Christ. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And you do have what it takes because the same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you. That same power, the same power that, that Jesus, he died, he went to hell, he took the keys of death and the grave from Satan. 
led a train of captives free and ascended into heaven, that same power that, Je that, that Jesus was able to overcome death lives inside of you. So you absolutely have what it takes. You have what it takes. For Jesus, the Spirit of God lives in you. And through that, you have what it takes. Jesus, I pray that you release a spirit of power within us, a spirit of drive within us, knowing that tapped into you, nothing can overcome us. That tapped into you, we are more than conquerors, that we are not, we are not of this world, we are just in this world. Release that spirit, loose that spirit of power in the name of Jesus Christ in us and through us, knowing that we do not have to listen to that lie anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind that lie, the lie if I don't have what it takes and I cast it away in the name of Jesus Christ. I feel like a lot of us in this room tonight might feel like God doesn't care about us. We're insignificant in his eyes. He doesn't see our needs. He doesn't see our wants and our dreams. He doesn't listen to us when we cry out to him, when we pray to him. I feel like that's been a lie that's been told to a lot of us. And that's such a dangerous lie because that just completely dis disconnects us from him. And that's the kind of lie that the devil loves to use because then you're not talking to God anymore. You're not pursuing a relationship with him because you feel like you're just wasting your time. And guys, he just wants you to know how badly, how how much he just loves you, how much he thinks about you, how much he's just desperately waiting for you to come to him every single second of the day. He sees, he knows everything that you are going through and all he wants is for you to just run to him, to just run to him with open arms and just allow him to come into your life and fix the brokenness. Guys, never believe the lie that God doesn't care for you because that is so beyond the truth and that's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. So we break the power of that lie in our life now in the name of Jesus. We don't receive that lie that we're not significant to God. We reject it. And we instead receive those truths that we are significant, that we are valued, that we are loved. I believe there's another lie that's been whispered to some in this room, and that's the lie that God made some kind of mistake when he made you. Maybe you've looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, I'm not pretty enough, or I'm too scrawny, or I'm the wrong race. I have the wrong color hair, the wrong color eyes, the wrong gender. And God wants you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knit you together in your mother's womb, that there's no mistake in your identity. God is working all of who you are together for all of the purposes that he has for your life. And so if the enemy's been selling you short and speaking that lie to you, that there is some kind of mistake in who you are and, and who God created you to be isn't right, we want you to know that's a lie from the enemy and you can, you can tell him no. 
And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, those who've been tormented by that lie, and we cast it down and we trample it under our feet in the name of Jesus. And instead, we believe the truth that you made us deliberately and strategically, that you knit us together in, in our mother's womb, and you made us our height and our weight and our race and our, every part of our body down to the each an individual organ within us you designed on purpose even the ones that we think don't work right God wants you to know that he designed you to be you and so Lord we receive that and we believe that and we reject the lie from the enemy in the name of Jesus I feel like there's a lot of us in this room that are getting hit with a lie over and over and over again that God is not good. That based on the things that have happened in your life, based off of things that have been wrongly done to you, anything that you now believe God is not good. And if I'm straight up honest, I am convicted of this as well. Because for a long time, how do you believe that God is good? Right? How do I believe God is good when my family's falling apart? How do you believe in this? And I feel like that is the easiest thing that the enemy will make you take a hold of. And he'll say, yeah, you know, your circumstances, they stink. People are being mean to you. You're being bullied. There's no way God is good. There's no way God's going to come through for you. You're on your own. And guys, that is a lie. Okay, and we need to understand that and we need to see that as a lie because God is so good. Okay, and he's better than we think. He's better than we deserve. He is better than anything. And he wants to show you that. He said, just because you're going through something hard, well, tuck into me. Okay, just because your parents are going to divorce, tuck into me. Let me show you that I am good. Let me let you experience my love let me show you what it's like to be loved perfectly let me show you that I am good that I want only what's best for you let me show you that I care more about you than anybody else in this world does and I feel like if you believe that if you have believed that just, just ask for forgiveness and move on and I really feel like there's just so many of us in this room that have to experience God's love, that we have to know that he's good. And he's like, I'm just, I'm ready to show you. All you gotta do is you gotta come to me. You just get real with me. And guys, God is a God that you can get real with. Okay, he can handle it. He can handle your anger, your frustration. He can handle you at any of it. And God is like, I just want you to tuck into me. I want you to turn your hurts to me. I want you to take this disbelief and turn it to me. I want you to take everything that is coming against you in your life and I want you to turn it to me. And I want you to come into my presence to let me show you that I am good. Let me show you what it looks like to experience a perfect father. Let me show you what it looks like to experience perfect love. All you got to do is tuck into him, right? All you have to do is say, God, I'm coming. I'm ready. I'm ready to know what it's like to have perfect love. I'm ready to know what it feels like to be accepted, to be loved. I'm ready to see what it looks like for you to be good.
Lord, show me the goodness that you have in store for me. Because guys, all God has for you is good. All God has for you is good. And so in Jesus' name, I just pray that, God, we are sorry for doubting you. We are sorry for not believing that you are good. Lord, would you just please forgive us? And Lord, I just pray that whoever needs to know that you are good, whoever needs to experience that, would experience it. That they wouldn't turn and run the other way, but God, they would run to you. That they would say, I'm tired of living for what this world has for me. I'm ready to live in the fullness of what was purchased for me. I'm ready to experience the goodness of the Lord. I'm ready for it. So Lord, I just pray that we would just be people that run after your presence, God, that we chase your presence over chasing lies. God, that we hear your voice above the enemies. In the name of Jesus, I just pray that the enemy would be silenced in our lives. God, that you would just instill confidence in us to be able to say no. Not today, Satan. I'm not believing what it is you're trying to throw at me because I know who I am and I know that I have authority and I know that Christ lives in me so you can do nothing to hurt me. God, I pray that we would just be a generation that just runs as fast as we can after your presence. That that's the only thing we desire, that that's the only thing that we would chase, Lord. It's just more of you. God, that we would experience your goodness. We would experience your love. We would experience everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.